0: everyone uh, welcome to another of our uh, weekly recaps um we're we're here on a, a smaller team we have alex and owen uh, yyc and ed uh, couldn't make it this time uh, so yeah it'll be us discussing all the major events that happened this week um, it was a really eventful one so uh, let's get to it uh, we'll be covering um, obviously, the the latest big news: uh, the SEC defining Terra tokens, including UST, um as uh, securities. Uh, earlier this week, we also had regulatory news regarding uh, Paxos, uh, the New York Department of Financial Services. Uh, told uh, Paxos to cease issuing Binance USD. Um, There was, you know, the market reacted to these regulatory news. And then we also have some uh, tech-related news in crypto um, and DeFi with uh, Polygon and CK Sync um, announcing their zero-knowledge roll-ups and a couple of other interesting developments on on the tech side. Uh, But definitely the biggest news this week is on the regulatory front um and it's huge. I mean uh, what we, we're seeing now could have really uh, big implications for crypto going forward. So yeah let's let's get to it. let's um, uh, dive into the stories we covered uh, Owen, do you wanna uh, take us through kind of the the latest?
1: Sure um So as you know anyone watching probably knows uh, the SEC, charged uh, Doquan and Terraform Labs, the company he co-founded with uh, fraud because they were issuing, um, allegedly issuing securities. And that includes Luna, US, uh, I, I believe, L- US, I mean, I know UST, Luna, wrapped Luna, M assets, which were part of the Mir platform, which uh, it could include Commodities like silver and also stocks like Apple and Google. So, um, I'm still catching up, and I, I'm I anticipate we're going to be doing a lot of interviews over the course of the next couple of weeks as far as what um, that uh, you know the the real implications of, of everything. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a it's a huge deal. I mean, it's it's the SEC is coming after. One of the most high profile projects and saying pretty much everything is a security um which is kind of the fundamental battle of crypto from regulation standpoint from what i understand i mean i know alex has been digging deep on some of the regulatory issues this week and working very hard um but yeah i mean i'm still digesting it i mean maybe i should read the 55 uh, page complaint but um yeah, I mean it's it's crazy it's crazy to see you know DoQuan's tweets resurface in a uh, legal complaint and really shows that you know you're not you're not playing around on the, on the Bird app. So um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see where we go from here. And Cammy's had some good interviews with some of uh, crypto's most prominent lawyers, so also could probably review those. Uh, I know Gabriel Shapiro was tweeting about this and talking about the unprecedented nature of um yeah i mean just like i i think like late uh calling some things like uh categorizing i'm not i'm not i forget but uh categorizing something as a derivative swap which is a, a, a kind of a well-known financial contract um which is a security um yes cammy's pulling it up right now um yeah okay um yeah so the m assets are a swap so Anyhow, um, that's it. I wish I could say something super insightful, or I could say what's going to happen, but um, it's it's going to be a rocky road. And it seems like Gary is uh, head of the SEC is uh, pulling no punches at this point, and we'll have to hang on. And um, I mean, maybe we'll get regulatory clarity. You know, Ed's been talking about uh, you know in Europe, like there's at least clarity, so people feel comfortable. Knowing what they need to do, um, but yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's my current take. I, I could probably get more sophisticated, but yeah. Kami I think you're muted.
0: Yes, I was muted. Um, I think what's what's really surprising here, and uh, what's kind of new uh, relative to all the other actions that the SEC had uh, taken. Um, previously to kind of uh, this one with, with terra and and uh, uh, earlier with uh with finance USC is that before we you know the, the sec had gone after tokens you know as uh, after uh, governance tokens um utility tokens whatever you want to call them but you know just like these uh, uh stock like uh, digital assets um mm-hmm where you know the, the the leap to saying this is like a security you know it's something that is is like a stock it's it's something that's who, which whose value is directly related to how well a project does and it goes up and down and people can profit from it i think you know that that to everyone in this space, i think it made more sense uh, that the sec would view as a security But what's I think surprised uh, most people now is that the SEC is going after stable coins and that what we knew in the space as this barometer for measuring whether something is a security or not, the Howey test um, doesn't really apply and that the SEC can actually use a much broader definition for what a security is. So mm-hmm. that's scary because, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned the, the fact that there are no clear rules. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, before at least we had the, the How we test, which it, it, it's like this, um, I don't know, three pronged uh, test. Like um, we, we can pull it up, but basically it was like, can, can uh, investors uh, have a reasonable expectation of profit?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and so with stablecoins, you can argue, you know, it's it's you know it's just some a token that's linked to the U.S. dollar. Like there's no way to profit from this. But in this case, I think because um, investors who were buying UST uh, could deposit it on Anchor and earn um, interest on that stablecoin, that's what the SEC is kind of going after. And the fact that though was promoting UST uh, like very clearly on his Twitter. Um, That kind of, you know, that that's uh, that supports the argument that Doe was was marketing uh, this stablecoin as a way to to make money. Basically,
2: the, the idea there is that UST was kind of inseparable from Anchor, because I mean, like if I have a dollar and I decide to, you know, invested in some kind of yield bearing account that doesn't make the dollar security. But, but the argument they're making here is that like the, almost like the point of UST was to, 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 to earn that yield, that, that it wasn't just a stable coin.
1: I, I would think so. Yeah. 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 So
0: I think that's, that's what, uh, what's surprising. Um I think in any case uh, it's, What's um what's troubling is the the lack of of clarity again. Like, I think everyone would feel better if the the SEC or regulators in the US just came out and said, okay, this this is what um needs to be registered. This is what's what you know what can just like be freely issued. Uh, this is what's le- legal. This is what's not. Or you know here are the set of rules that the crypto industry needs to follow. And I know that's hard to do because there are so many different agencies uh, involved. Um, And I think, yeah, but at least like from the SEC's point of view, at least if we could get from them, you know, what they are considering a security or not, because it's like everyone needs to, it's like, just like, guessing in, in in the dark and then all of a sudden Gary Gensler comes out and is like, OK, like, I'm not going to tell you what a security is, but if we, if you do uh, issue something that looks like it, I'm going to come after you.
2: And, and it's, it's so funny unfair. Because there's a there's like a, a crypto attorney collective, I guess, Lex Punk, you might be familiar with them and they um, in I think it was the case. Uh, related to insider trading at coinbase right so the sec accused a coinbase employee who had who had committed insider trading of of doing so with securities and something that uh you know folks in in the industry have complained about is how the sec won't you know come out and say this is a security would that kind of like does it like in a Lawsuit that's aimed at somebody else for doing something different, right? So, mm-hmm. in this case, it's insider trading. They say that the tokens that they traded were securities. So, this uh, collective of crypto attorneys, um, you know, they filed some kind of brief, uh, arguing that that's not how you should go about making rules. Mm-hmm. And the SEC's filed response to that actually said something to the effect of, well, you know we're not going to tell you what the securities are because then that way people could figure out a way to like get around our rules <laughs> whatever they are um
0: that's so ridiculous it's, and I'm
2: I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing from memory but that's that i think i'm capturing the gist of it there so yeah
0: so like on purpose that they don't want to say you know what's legit and what's not like what a security is
1: um, and it, it is tough because uh i mean cami after you mentioned i think that is the great point that that the SEC is going after stable coins, which, um, to my knowledge, hasn't been a focal point. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and stable coins, you know, be, being kind of a, a, a key vertical, maybe the key vertical in DeFi is, uh, it's going to be intense. I mean, I was looking at the brief a little bit while you guys were talking, and it does seem like they're specifically, uh, th- there's a lot of reference to anchor protocol, which, was the you know highly prominent uh I guess defi defi app which um offered 20% on the on UST which like stimulated a huge amount of demand for UST so um yeah i think it is i mean i'm just trying to wonder if you can map that out onto other stable coins and see if like there's a, a better defense because anchor was so tightly intertwined with UST that you know arguably you know, a die doesn't come with a, you know, a pre-made yield generating product per se, but I mean, kind of like, like Alex was saying, there's maybe a way where you can kind of shim in certain, you can kind of attack the weakest point of a certain vertical and like establish certain precedent and then use that as leverage to potentially gain more ground from a, an enforcement standpoint. So we'll have to see how that that goes but i
0: mean they they, if they wanted to they could argue um you know like die is issued by maker and maker Mm -hmm. does offer a like a a percentage interest rate for for uh die deposits
1: i guess yeah the die savings rate woke up like last year
0: and yeah
1: yeah they restarted i mean
0: it's so different from anchor like of course like it's not Mm -hmm. like a 20 percent yield and you don't have maker you know marketing this die savings rate yeah. as like this great opportunity at all but you know yeah i, I think like they, they could still make that argument
1: yeah so. i mean it's yeah it's pretty clear it's like you know clear to be able to map anchor yeah. onto the dsr so
0: yeah um i don't know about usdc if, if that's kind of safer but it, at this point it looks like the SEC can just grab onto you know whatever obscure definition it wants, you know yeah. if it wants to come. I mean that's what it feels like. I this is kind of not a, a legal opinion. Like I have <laughs> this is just like from observing how the SEC has gone after like whatever it, you know so many different projects, um, and and it it using kind of a different argument each time so that, that makes it even harder to discern what's um you know what's what uh, yeah so let's uh, let's go um on to the this uh, this uh, paxo story from earlier this week um okay. yeah do you want to go over it
1: yeah i can just do the the basic walkthrough so this came from uh, sam our writer down under in australia but mm-hmm. um Basically, uh, Paxos, which is a crypto oriented financial infrastructure company, um, uh, is going to stop issuing uh, Binance USD, which is, I think, a top four stable coin at this point, um, top three, actually, uh, 13 billion market cap. And they say they were ordered to by the New York Department of Financial Services. And that was confirmed by um CZ who's the CEO of Binance and I mean just again you're seeing the tightening of the the screws in terms of general enforcement and especially with stable coins as we were just discussing so and
2: something that's interesting there is that it's kind of like a two-pronged attack right so the New York Department of Financial Services which uh in some way shape or form kind of gave Paxos the uh, permission to, to issue the token. It's like it's it's Binance USD, but Binance just licenses its name. Right. So Paxos mm-hmm. is the company that's actually issuing the token. The New York State Regulatory Body Department of Financial Services gave Paxos permission to, to issue it, uh, and it's been doing so, but has now huh. revoked that permission, huh. but at the at the same time, the SEC had sent Paxos a letter Saying, "Hey, we're thinking about calling BUSD a security. Uh, do you care to, you know, yeah. tell us how you feel about that?" And <laughs> uh, uh, Paxos, uh, I don't know if this point is moot now that they're going to stop issuing new tokens, but you know that Paxos has come out and said that should they have to, they're they're ready to to actually litigate this issue, and it would be interesting to see how that plays out because you've got like. And We might be talking about this later, but um, I mean, so much stuff has happened in the past couple of days. But uh, the uh, SEC and Kraken settled a lawsuit. Um, You know, Kraken decided not to fight. Um, I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but ultimately, they they paid a fine and they agreed to stop doing what the SEC said they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, So you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think as as like I don't know, whichever straw breaks the camel's back here, like crypto firms start really fighting back and lawyering up and yeah and I mean you has already done that and and in the first half of this year we should get an answer as to whether they'll be able to convert their their Bitcoin trust into a into an ETF. Um yeah. and it's going to be really interesting to see how how the courts like I guess which side the courts fall on, right? Because yeah. something that that uh, I heard I was speaking yesterday to an attorney who uh, has 10 years of experience at the ACC, but then also or more, more than 10 years, but then also spent uh, an equal amount of time on insecurities law, but on the other side of, of the, you know, the, the cases and um, something that he noted to me was that when SEC crypto actions have been litigated, the SEC is almost always one. So yeah the courts seem to think the sec is, you know, whatever it's doing, it's, it's kosher. Um, yeah, yeah. but you know, but well, I didn't happened recently. So, so we're going to see, you know, whether that, that pattern holds and the big one that that attorney is, is keeping an eye out for is, is the ripple case, which, you know, everybody's kind of watching. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what the timeline is on that one.
0: Oh, that's, that's been going on for, for years. Like, um but yeah. that's so interesting that the sec wins uh most cases doesn't doesn't bode very well um yeah and
2: i don't i don't you know maybe, maybe it's they they want they win most and and you know it's two out of two we we didn't get that deep into the mm. details but that's i mean yeah. the fact of the matter is that that yeah when when they get challenged they so far have been winning
0: uh okay yeah. um do you guys know what the argument was for uh you know, regarding USD,
2: why why they had to stop issuing the yeah uh, token? Uh, so the the notice from the Department of Financial Services didn't mention, but the Wall Street Journal, which had, had been the first to report the story, mm-hmm. and they were citing a source familiar with the matter, et cetera, et cetera, said that uh, uh where was it that the um, DFS had found that Paxos failed to conduct periodic risk assessments and due diligence of Binance and of customers holding BUSD that Paxos had issued. Um, And so uh, I guess the department came to Paxos and said, Hey, you're not doing this thing that you're supposed to be doing. And Paxos didn't comply, like it had been given a chance to do so. And and it, it quote unquote failed to address those and other deficiencies.
0: Mm. So
2: it, it's, it's all pretty vague, but, um,
0: so it was related to risk with Binance and, um, and,
2: and just customers, customers, like people who have BUSD, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's vague, yeah, not very clear, not really yeah. satisfying.
0: No. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of more on what we were just mentioning. It's just like this lack of clarity. Like we still, you know, we still don't know exactly why uh Binance usd um you know what's wrong with it like why it can't be issued by by this us company
2: yeah. to to the point that you had made earlier it's like at this point it's almost and i've i've been told this people are almost saying like give us crappy regulation just give us something you know yeah. uh, like in in the european union they're uh, it's it's kind of a done deal they're set to implement this comprehensive crypto framework. It's I mean, it, it really touches on everything. CFI. the only thing it doesn't really deal with is is DeFi and NFTS. But every other aspect of the crypto industry, it, it has something to say about and, you know, I don't think anybody in crypto loves this, this rule, um, or set of rules, but but it's something. You know, i mean if
0: the european union can organize itself to you know publish a set of rules with all its bureaucracy and and its different organisms um and like just you know different set of countries like not just states in it why can't the us do it it's it's just like i it blows my mind and, like, and that we're really still like, in this situation
2: when, and when i'm trying to like read about the eu and the you know regulatory landscape there it's like i don't even know like where the thing starts and where it ends, because there's mm-hmm. so many, like, and anybody who I mean, is it's, an, never known, bothered. To... It's known
0: for for like being bureaucratic.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it, it's like learning about its structure is is a, an exercise in in just like madness.
1: It's yeah.
2: like, <laughs> it has like two legislative bodies, like and not like an upper and a lower house, just like two. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm butchering this, but it's no, it's it's wild. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I don't know and and it's not like you know like crypto has already been around for for some time like it's I don't think um yeah. it's a good excuse to say oh like this is a new industry it's new ish you know yeah, like yeah. it's already been yeah, a decade but, <laughs> but I think more.
2: everybody you know the 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 suits probably just thought oh it's 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 a pet rock we don't have to like it, it can it right. could have been like, around for a hundred years away. we don't yeah. have to yeah but yeah. but now they're I mean now they're They're worried that, uh, any, anything that happens in, in crypto will have ripple effects in, in the traditional financial markets. And, and that, I mean, that's, uh, we put out a story this morning on that, that, that explains the, the whole, you know, kind of crackdown that, that we've been seeing over the past month and a half.
0: Yeah. Can you go deeper into, into this story?
2: Yeah, so I mean, you know, hat hat tip to to Nick Carter. He's a crypto influencer and investor, and he, uh, I think he he kind of got everybody talking about this, not just as a kind of like, you know, oh, there is this SEC lawsuit and 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 that SEC lawsuit, but as as more of a kind of government wide um, uh, mm-hmm. mobilization against crypto, and and you know, he uh, kind of. Coined this term, Operation Choke Point 2.0. It's a reference to to something that actually happened several years ago during the Obama administration, but it wasn't related to crypto. Um, but but the the idea is that it's not just the SEC. It's not just you know about the question is you know are are, are tokens securities or not? It's but it, it's an effort from the uh, the Biden administration to to kind of sever crypto from. Uh, from banks and i mean crypto needs banks uh you know until until it becomes the thing that you pay your rent and, and groceries and it needs banks like you you need to to convert your dollars to crypto and vice versa um and what we've seen this year it's it, the, i think the first significant action was was january 3rd and it's not it actually isn't even the right word it's just like statements that are put out by different banking regulatory authorities. So like the, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the uh, FDIC, the uh, the Federal Reserve, saying crypto is super risky and you probably shouldn't be messing with that. And uh, what, what Carter is arguing and, and you know, what's, what some attorneys have told me is that, you know, everybody kind of gets the message. It's like, okay, like, they don't want us touching it so maybe we won't mm-hmm. um and um in toward the end of january uh, there had been a process that you know folks had been keeping an eye on for for a while which is uh, there's a, a custodia a, a bank that that is in the crypto space had, had applied for something called a fed master account mm-hmm. and this is just like super in the weeds but it's important because what it means is essentially it 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 like, I'd, I'd even have to like. Prax was trying to get. Around, right? uh, they are interested in, in pursuing this, but I, yeah. I don't think that they've applied yet. But but the idea yeah. is basically that like you know, all the kind of like back end banking stuff. So like you know the movement of funds and, and and whatever. That's like a service that the Fed provides that you don't have access to unless you have a Fed Master account. And if you want access to that stuff, you either get a Master account. Or you have a relationship with a bank that does, but right. but but if you take that ladder out, it costs money. I mean, they're you know, bank isn't going to act as an intermediary for free. They're not going to do free work, right? So, yeah. um, Custodia wanted this; it would be just, you know, really good for its business, um, and and it was denied. And, and and there was a point not too long ago when I think people expected uh, uh, Custodia to to get approved. Mm. So uh, you know, the fact of its denial. That doesn't bode well for other crypto banks or, or, or entities that have also applied for one. I, I, I've been told that Kraken also was seeking one, um, mm. and it, it's 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 a more concrete sign that you know uh, that regulatory bodies are actually like you know
0: like not limiting crypto. Yeah, yeah, that they're
2: limiting crypto's ability to to integrate with with traditional finance. Um, and you know the question I guess that 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 I had had was you know is this is this really a you know a, a, an attempt to debank crypto is it a, mm. an attempt to, to to essentially strangle the industry in the United States because I mean, without access to banks it, it 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 just can't work here right um And you know the experts that I had spoken to were, were they wouldn't dismiss that idea, but they weren't so ready to endorse it either. Mm. Uh, but one thing that, that they did point to is uh, it, it's a blog post, it's just a blog post from President Biden's top economic advisors that came out on January 27th, which happens to be the day that Casodia was denied its application. And that blog post says. And I'm paraphrasing here, it's absolutely imperative that we limit crypto's integration with the the, the financial system and its ability to to, you know, whatever volatility happens in crypto for it to cause ripple effects in, in traditional finance. We can't let that happen. And Congress shouldn't pass any laws that allow crypto to integrate further with traditional finance. Wow. So, I mean, it's. I mean the the message there is super clear right um the the question now is is really just how far do they take that right Mm -hmm. do they do they actually cut it off or or do they just make it really hard they set the bar super high you know really only a couple players that that you know have the money and and the the lawyers and whatever can, can do it right so that, I think that's what everybody's waiting to see,
0: and it, it's frustrating because it's like, um, it the SEC and you know other regulators they're pushing for you know crypto to register and you know to go just like to um, uh, abide by all the the same rules that all the other you know banking and 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 securities uh, exchanges and issuers uh, in in the US uh you know follow but what you're saying is even if and when a uh, crypto entities try to register and to follow these steps they're denied so so it's like what what can you do it's like if, if it, you don't follow yeah. the rules you'll be charged by because you're not registering but then if you try to register you won't be able to
2: <laughs> yeah and even it's people ridiculous. that have spoken to that are you know not You know, they're like, is crypto a scam? I don't know. Uh, You know, even people on on that side of the uh, uh, debate um, will will acknowledge that, you know, yeah. If if the SEC, for example, is saying, you know, all you have to do is register your token as a security, but then they're not making that easy. Then then, yeah, the crypto industry has a I mean, there's merit to their frustration there. so I mean, and you know, Custodia's. Uh, there, there might be another example, but but I think Custodia's. I mean, that's 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 a one off at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll. I mean, th- that that's why the, the the folks that I've spoken to are are, are taking a wait and see approach before they endorse that that idea of an operation. Choke point where right. where you know they're trying to, to debank crypto. It's like you know, let's see what happens with Kraken. Let's see what happens with the Ripple SEC lawsuit. Um, you know, I think they, also
0: they're, they're, like the the the, uh, the cases that we've seen haven't been so much directed at uh, at leaving crypto outside of the banking industry. Yeah, like it's it's been more uh, like in this case with um uh with so the, the Kraken case it was about kind of this um this crypto exchange offering uh, staking so it wasn't really about kind of their banking license or um, right. with Terra it's about you know the UST and, and Anchor like behaving like securities um yeah.
2: and everything the SEC has done because those are both SEC lawsuits that you reference everything SEC has done is separate from this idea of of getting cut off from banking it's it's mm. kind of just more a part of the the
0: like life. overall strategy i guess
2: yeah yeah just yeah. To, to make life difficult to to mm. really like bring it to heal. to right. you know it's like you're no different than any other you know you're just like stocks you're just like you know like whatever um we're not going to yeah. treat you like a special new thing that that requires its own boutique set of rules but.
0: well if that if that was the case fine but then don't make it even don't make it harder than right. you know regular uh, assets or like you know so that would be if if you want to treat crypto like like the same okay then let's let's have a level playing field for all assets um but yeah i think making it harder it's 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 yeah doesn't it's, it's so unfair <laughs> um so I don't know I think their implications are huge uh obviously the the U.S. is uh, one of the biggest uh, markets for for crypto it's where a, lo- a lot of uh, innovation is happening it's a lot of uh, where a lot of um users are a lot of holders um and if we continue to see this then I think you know the industry will just go elsewhere it will be so
2: funny to see yeah. europe poach american industry because of its business friendly
0: uh, yeah. regulatory
2: climate and <laughs> like
0: yeah i think i mean it's and then
2: and i mean and i've been talking a lot about europe but, and dubai and hong kong and mm-hmm. you know japan and every other place that's you know
0: yeah. making
2: some effort to to craft a set of rules around the industry
0: it's it's so surprising to see the U.S. being so kind of short-sighted here um, compared with how how well it did it it handled uh, the kind of the rise of the internet you know like the the reason why we have silicon valley and why the 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 U.S. is where all of the biggest web 2 companies or most were, were born it's because it just allowed the internet to, to flourish and, and grow. And it was actually, you know, you know everyone kind of knows the, the story of how the internet came to be, but it was, it was like a, a, a government slash kind of army military project, right? Together with, uh, with, um, with, the, with MIT, I think, and kind of US universities working together with government, to develop this new technology. So like the, the difference with what happened with the internet and what's happening with crypto, it's so stark. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, what happened there with, with the U S like how it got Uh, so off track.
2: Yeah. I mean, to, to, I guess, this is entirely speculation and and I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, but Mm. it could be that, you know, among the, you know, Many things that you know the suits at this country hold in higher regard is is our status as the financial capital of the world. That you know, if if the American co- economy tanks, the world the world economy tanks, and that that has to be protected at all costs. Mm. The internet was information technology; crypto is financial technology, and so that that fear of you know just a like a super risky and they're. Mind asset class, um, damaging the you know the 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 world's most mature and and orderly, I guess, financial market is is something is a risk that they're not willing to take, and that's
0: right.
2: purely speculation on my part. But but that's you know if yeah I'm maybe that's where for... myself in their shoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think maybe because it, in this case, um, this new technology. Can be seen as a threat to the U.S. dollar, and and maybe yeah, that's that's just too. Although much.
2: although so far it's been it's been nothing but a you know like great for the U.S. dollar. I mean, mm-hmm. like most crypto trends. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but most crypto transactions are denominated in dollars,
0: and and most stable coins are are pegged to the U.S. dollar. So it's like like and, reinforcing and those reserves are
2: held in actual yeah. dollars
1: or treasury yeah. notes. It's like <laughs> it's yeah, so. so it's, it's huge. I, I mean, I'll say I've been really naive, I think, in terms of um, just like not focusing enough on regulatory action and kind of just being fascinated with like the on-chain battles. And it's it's kind of humbling to be, to just realize that, um, yeah, I mean, the whole discussion you guys have and understanding like deep-seated motivations and who wants what and what the incentives of a lot of regulatory bodies are. I mean there's so much to unpack there which it's like I think at least for me it's very easy to get kind of fascinated with the day to day just like battles and price action and protocol battles curve wars you know and then you realize that there's there's a whole different fight going on which sure. uh, so yeah it's yeah. it's been it's been humbling to to see how how real developments are
0: Yeah yeah um I think you know, and, and you can't forget like all the lobbying that that's going on uh, mm-hmm. behind closed doors. You know, like banks are, are financing a lot of uh, you know lawmakers and, and politicians in the U.S. So that's kind of another way that these interests uh, yeah. are at play here. Yeah. Um And just like highlighting this uh, comment from one of our uh, audience members, Savio, uh, our DeFi protocols threaten some of the most lucrative financial services in the world. They're going to put up a fight. How can we help make a stand for what's fair?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. (laughs) I'm a government nerd. Yeah, you know, voting is a good place to start. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But but there's something that I wanted to say about that. Um, But. It escapes me now. Um,
0: I think I don't know, like making a stand, I think, I mean, we we can I think DeFi is is kind of you know, the case where DeFi is just getting stronger and stronger with the these kind of regulatory actions against oh, I guess centralized yeah. finance. Yeah. I'll
2: point out that, that something that's pretty ironic mm-hmm. is and, and I I I'm gonna preface this by saying that, you know. Uh, animosity toward crypto can be bipartisan. I mean, the Elizabeth Warren oh, yeah. bill that would like kill a crypto was co-signed by a Republican, and mm-hmm. and you know, pe- you know people who like crypto or come from both sides of the aisle. I mean, look at Richard Torres. But but that said, it it kind of falls along partisan lines in this country, right? Democrats are less likely to support the crypto industry, at least the elected Democrats. And I don't know what regular people think. Um, and it's, it, it's funny because Sam Bankman Fried donated a lot to Democrats, but ironically, it wasn't when the Democrats were up against Republicans in the general election, he was donating to Democrats who were up in primary elections against other Democrats and the ones that he was donating to were pro crypto Democrats. Um, and it's just like, it, it is just a, an irony of, of how everything has played out hmm. that had some of his preferred candidates won, there'd probably be a larger pro crypto caucus in the democratic party at the moment. I think oh, a lot of them ended up losing their primary elections to,
0: hmm.
2: you know, more typical Democrats who probably don't know what crypto is.
0: Ah, oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, what do you think? I think it's, at least it's a like bipartisan, Issue that it's not like one party is all all for crypto and the other one is against. Like at least you have people who who will will advocate for crypto on on both sides. I think you do.
2: I mean, there, there's that group of House members that I think they're called the Blockchain Eight, and four of them are Democrats, four of them are Republicans. Last hmm. time I checked, you know, it 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 is bipartisan, but but you know, there, there's a bit of a skew also. I mean, we'd like look who's in charge right now of this crackdown. Right. right. So,
0: yeah. Um, so uh, unless you guys want want to, uh, ha- you know, have other points to make um, about this whole regulatory actions and crackdown, uh, we can move on to um, the tech segment uh, of, of the of this week's recap. Uh, so we did have a, a couple of like really interesting Development uh, uh, with uh, well, yeah, we had kind of the, obviously markets react uh, to to the regulatory news, um, but yeah, maybe you can spend some time uh, talking about the um, zero knowledge uh, roll up uh, developments with Polygon and uh, CK Sync as well. Uh, you know this. We've been looking forward to uh, CK rollups for for some time, and it looks like we're finally gonna get uh, get them. So, um, oh, and do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Sure.
1: I, I should just mention uh, EVO FX is asking uh, why did Paxos issue BUSD? Why not stick to Pax? Stick to Pax, the original USD stablecoin. And frankly, I don't know the answer. Fra- uh, Paxos has been. Kind of off my radar, I know they had a stablecoin at one point, but I just wanted to say, EvoFX, I see your, I see your comment and
2: uh, I I also don't have an answer to that, but I, I think, yeah, don't, you know, double check this. I think it's, it's simply that Binance wanted a stablecoin for whatever reason, didn't want to be the issuer. And so found somebody else to do it, attached its name to that stablecoin. And that was that. I, interesting i think that's the situation huh. but I'm, I'm not quite sure
0: yeah well maybe you know like paxos uh paxos stablecoin had uh a lot kind of like just had less liquidity and volume um so maybe it was like a good opportunity for for both sides uh, yes. for binance because it you know paxos is has been you know renowned for being just like following uh, you know, doing things by the book. Ironically, um, so Binance, who is um, you know, has had some uh, issues before with uh, with regulators and uh, had been investigated. Um, I-, I believe in the U.S. Now had this you know very kind of legit uh, issuer for its stablecoin, and Paxos uh, it was able to um to to issue a, a more liquid uh uh asset i think i mean that, that's kind of why you know just like sp- speculating why why that like, agreement happened but um i don't think they've said uh,
1: yeah yeah fair enough so i can i can pick up the uh uh thanks guys i can i can mm-hmm. pick up the zk roll up cool. stories um so I mean, basically, we had Polygon earlier this week um, announced that they're going to launch their Ethereum-compatible roll powered by zero-knowledge proofs on March 27th. And I believe they were saying this is going to – yeah, I mean, um, Mihalio, – I'm not going to pronounce this. Uh, Mihailo. Mihailo Belichick? How am I doing, guys? Um, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, that guy. Um, we, we
2: we share a mother country, so.
1: Oh, okay. Wait, wait, <laughs> think, I, I'm you cheating. No, like, no, no. What's the last name, though? How do I say it?
2: I think uh, where, where I think it's Bielich.
1: Okay, Bielich sounds good. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so yeah, so basically, yeah, he did tweet. He was like, "Yes, we are going to uh, launch the first ever uh, zk EVM mainnet, which is basically like means that you can port your code." Um, which is compatible on Ethereum's mainnet very easily to these ZK rollups. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it's a major milestone because right now, all the layer twos that we've seen, I mean, the most successful of which are Optimism and Arbitrum, are run on optimistic rollups, which is a different technology, which is Technical, but um basically optimistic roll-ups involve something called small uh, fraud proofs, and ZK rollups involve something called validity proofs. And ZK rollups have been highly anticipated. Like Vitalik has written about them saying that they're gonna like he 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 thinks that the end game of Ethereum is ZK rollups, not optimistic ones. Um so it's just interesting. So you know, Polygon has kind of come out of you know, relative obscurity and, um, in terms of being a ZK roll-up player. And now is, you know, came earlier this week and said they were gonna launch the first one of these. Um, and then you had, uh, ZK sync, which is like, you know, huge company, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars raised. Uh, they like, you know, two days later said, no, we're actually launching it. Like developers register with us. Like we're not open to end users yet. Um. So, I mean, it, it was, again, like zero knowledge, the near, zero knowledge space isn't what I've been paying an extreme amount of attention to, partially because I feel like optimistic rollups have worked well, from what I understand. Um, but, uh, yeah, you had ZK, ZK Sync come in really quickly afterwards and also saying, no, we're the first, you know, and they've been accused, uh, they were accused like last year of like kind of um, marketing through announcements by saying, they were the first live mainnet back in october when it was just open to developers mm-hmm. um so basically high level is just like the zk rollup race is on and everyone is kind of trying to be first and trying to define what first even means um, <laughs> is valuable but um it, it's going to be very interesting i mean we've seen just arbitrum and optimism kind of running away and you know Starkware is another player, and they're they're valued at like eight billion last round. So wow. I mean these are just huge, huge players that haven't even launched mainnets yet. So um, we'll see how we'll see how ZKs shake everything up.
0: Yeah, we'll be exciting to see. And it looks like we're finally gonna see an actual live uh, <laughs> network, not not just yeah. you know, test nets and so on. Yeah. Um, okay, N- a- another tech development here um flashbots offering uh, ordinary investors mev uh, what's what's this about
2: yeah i, I and and uh, you know if there's anybody who is like super technically proficient watching this apologies if i trip over myself cuz mev is one of those things that's just like hmm. i need a refresher every time i, I talk about it but it um uh, MEV is, is a way to it's like kind of like a automated arbitrage thing where you know the, the the trades that happen on the blockchain you kind of like slip in before an order somebody had put in and you pocket a little bit of profit, you know, being able to front run or back run somebody's trades. Um none of that makes sense to, to anybody watching, don't worry, it doesn't entirely make sense <laughs> to me. But good luck. Uh, but it but it oh, yeah. but it's 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 a way to to kind of you know. Profit off of other people's uh, trading, and it's, it, it's it's incremental. But it's like you know when you do it with these automated bots, a whole lot, then, then you actually end up making a lot of money. And it's it's used by validators, right? So the people who are actually confirming transactions on Ethereum and, and ordering transactions, they're the ones pocketing that profit. Um, and, and Flashbots is a, a a company that that builds MEV tooling, and uh, they announced that or. Not so much an announcement, but but somebody at a, a Flashbots is proposing technology that would allow not just the validators but also the users of the blockchain to to get in on that profit and and it's substantial. I mean, something that, that Sam, who wrote this piece, notes in the story is that uh, in in the two years ending last September, I think um, the amount of money that that users of ethereum lost to mev was almost 700 million dollars so um there's a lot for regular folks to 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 gain here i mean i don't know how much you'd have to actually use ethereum to to like get real money from it but but the idea is that through decentralized applications that you use um some of that would flow just to the user as well and not just the validator and um it's uh it's cool you know it's it's Flashbots does good work. It's another way to democratize, um, an, you know, yet another aspect of the, the money machine that I guess Ethereum can be, right, so.
0: Ooh, money machine, I like that definition. Infinite yeah. machine and money machine. <laughs> <laughs> Not nice. to be
2: confused with money tree.
0: Um, but this would be a, this would be like really good news. I think like the way that it could flow back to users is just by getting better rates on on your trade. Maybe I, um, maybe that that would be kind of just like a seamless way that this works, um, because it, it it does kind of suck. Like just like retail, like normal individual users of Ethereum, are are, are losing a little bit of of money in in every trade they. They do because of these arbitrage bots. Um, oh, what's what's Savio saying? Uh, that's the answer to my previous doom post. Make tech that will be irresistible for big money no coiners. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know, just m- making um, uh, making Ethereum better for for just retail I- investors is is great news. Uh, I'd love to have. Uh, someone from Flash Button on, on the podcast. Uh, i've I wanted to have um, Tina there for for a while. Uh, and and that just reminds me before I forget to show this week's uh, uh, podcast, we have Andre Kraye. and um, so check it out. Uh, we published this I think yesterday, so I, I thought it was a really fun interview. I enjoyed uh, doing it. But anyways, um, so I think this is, this is great news, like super positive development for Ethereum. Um, so amid all the regulatory, uh, crackdown and kind of, yeah, uh, crypto ending because of Gary Gensler, Stand uh, back. we have, we have this, so <laughs> that's good. Um, then there were a couple of other interesting, um, interesting stories. Um, this, uh, Siemens. Uh, issued a bond on, on Polygon and uh, we, we covered how JP Morgan had done this like FX transaction uh, on, on Polygon as well. Um, I think uh, Santander Bank had also issued a bond on Ethereum. So it's just like another example of like, just like real world um, assets uh, overlapping with uh, with blockchains. Um And yeah, that's kind of on on the same line yeah, as this. Owen, do you wanna go over this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think this is like, to me some of the most fascinating stuff going on mm-hmm. of, of, of basically uh, Ondo Finance launched these tokenized uh, tokenized ETF. So I think they are, I, I'm not sure. I, I think they 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 so you, so basically ETFs represent their tokenized ETFs representing U.S. Treasuries. So and only uh, institutions and or just people who have KYC AML have been able to hold these assets. Um, but interestingly, like at the same time, they're they're kind of it, it, I mean they're kind of dancing in this in this legal area where I I don't know the specifics, but they somehow, I don't know if, I don't know if it's correct to say they deployed Flux Finance, but Flux Finance is closely associated with Ondo Finance and is able to collateralize these um, tokenized ETFs. And then, so these players can actually, um, you know, you can have your ETF, you can collateralize it, and then you can borrow uh stable coins against that sell those stable coins and re-collateralize um the tokenized ETF so basically it's like a leveraged uh treasuries trade um which which um I I mean I'm sure it's put on in normal finance but it's 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 now very possible in DeFi and the interesting thing is that supplying those assets so supplying USDC and DAI to those institutional players uh, who want to make that looped trade, that is permissionless. So while um, holding that e- tokenized ETF is permissioned, depositing those stable coins is permissionless. So it, it, it's kind of this very interesting convergence and very clean kind of convergence of like anyone in DeFi is able to get these rates. Um, and the interesting thing is that the rates are higher than um what you can earn on stables on lending platforms like Compound and Aave. So it's just going to be very interesting to see um, as that demand for leverage happens, um, where that uh, gives these permissionless stable lending, where, where the yield on these permissionless stablecoin lending opportunities ends up. So um, yeah, I just think it's going to be interesting. And if there's some kind of base rate that ends up higher than what's on compound nave which is like something like two percent right now give or take 50 basis points like i just think it'll it, it could shake things up in an interesting in an interesting way and just that convergence of of uh kind of a traditional finance product and traditional finance interest rates and crypto like very definitively is like uh i don't know i just think it's going to be super fascinating to see how that plays out so
0: for sure and is, is the the rate coming from just like from the like from treasuries,
1: it, so the rate on O uh, OUSG is is coming from, like, Ondo Finance is custodying the actual ETF, and then um, I think in some way transferring that yield to OUSG holders. Um, so those people are basically they're getting this ETF, but it's on chain. You know there is a custody point so you it is like a trust you know you need to trust ondo but then they can move this OUSG around in DeFi. um hmm. yeah so uh yeah and that's i mean and flux finance is a huge part of what you can do with OUSG, which maybe you can't do as cleanly as you know if you were in a, a in a traditional finance setting right. so
0: oh super yeah. interesting yeah. yeah i think kind of this this convergence with um, Defi and and traditional like tradfi assets uh, and real world assets. You know this whole yeah. trend that that we've seen the past couple of months um, is is super interesting. It's a, a real kind of like growth sector, I think, yeah, for, for Defi. Definitely, yeah. I think kind of the one of the most active sectors in this space right now. So, yeah, uh, definitely a trend to watch here. Um, and then to to end uh the recap uh we have some nft related news uh alex what's going on with this blur airdrop you're muted oh uh, you're yeah
2: hi um <laughs> so so if like, there like there are so many NFT marketplaces, um, and, I, and I don't have NFTs. So I, every time I jump into into the whole world of NFTs, I'm I'm like confused by the thicket of different marketplaces. But Blur is a big one. Blur is actually, uh, depending on on who's doing the measuring, uh, the biggest or second biggest NFT marketplace by trade volume. Um, I'm I'm not sure why I've seen that discrepancy from different trusted sources. But in any case. Um, Blur launched last year. Um, it's it's positioned itself as as not just a you know not just another tool to trade NFTs with, but kind of an ideological competitor to OpenSea. You know, OpenSea is more of a traditional tech company. It's it's you know, I guess the NFT equivalent of CeFi, right? Uh, Blur's plan from the get go is to decentralize and and uh, you know like every other crypto protocol that, that says they're going to do that. Uh, part of that uh, process was going to be to airdrop uh, governance tokens to to its users. And so they did that uh, recently and, and it was, it was huge. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, and it, it's also interesting because usually when there's an airdrop people, you know, they, they're excited about their free money. They take this new token, they sell it, the value drops. Uh, in this case enough people held that blur was actually trading for for like twice as much as as what it was worth when it debuted um and the uh, i wrote the story the, d- the day after actually on, on wednesday and um at that point it was uh up approaching half billion dollar market cap um another thing that was interesting about it though is that it it wasn't just like a you know, regular airdrop stimulus package to to people who had used the protocol, but it was also like a stimulus package for NFTs generally. I mean, that like you, the day of, I was looking at the, the list of top NFT collections and all of them saw you know, like massive, massive increase in uh, frequency of trading day over day. Um, and, you know, it's just like a little bit of good news for a, like a subsector of crypto that's been hit particularly hard by everything that's happened over the past year i mean when you look at like trade volume charts for for nfts it's steeper even than like the the price charts for for blue chip cryptocurrencies um another interesting thing blur also <laughs> kind of took some shots at OpenSea uh for technical reasons that that i won't get into um if you want your Like if you're a creator and and you want royalties to be collected on the secondary sale of your work, you need to get a cut of of every uh, sale of of your work. Um, You've got to like choose OpenSea or somebody, you can't like have it happening on all of the platforms at the same time. If, if your stuff is available on those platforms. Right. And so blur was, you know, they put out a blog post saying, you know, Blog OpenSea, use us, and and it's you know it's it, it it's always interesting when you see direct competition in this space, right? Because typically people are kind of like, oh, we're all friends, you know, we all do, <laughs> like, you know, we're not trying to beat them, we're, we 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 complement each other, but but Blur's going for it. They're like, you know, we want to be top dog in the NFT marketplace. Yeah,
0: so interesting, and it's interesting to see um, such you know, just like a, a newcomer like Blur mm-hmm. like take over. In volume so quickly. I mean, o- OpenSea has been around for I don't know, like since twenty eighteen. Like I-, I think it was like I don't know one one of the first NFT marketplaces. And the fact that Blur could overtake it so quickly, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. It's,
1: it's I just la- I mean, last comment for me is yeah. I just think like the contrast of their approaches and how they position themselves. Like OpenSea seems very much like of the artist. um Maybe almost surprisingly as like a, people see it as more centralized company. But then Blur has been like very much for traders, you know, like they, they yeah. just like, like not they just
2: call. traders, but like pro traders.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, they like they like retweeted someone who like tweeted about how they like tried to game the Blur airdrop, you know, so they're like kind of like more of like the the greed is good side of things, which is. Hmm. Right. right I, yeah. yeah I don't know. I just like that marketing contrast. As opposed to like, you know, OpenSea like features the latest artist on their website. Um, so ideologically right. it's interesting.
2: Yeah. We're not traders, it's we're we're appreciators.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're collectors. Like, yeah.
0: Collectors. We're all
1: gonna make it. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Where where did, yeah, where did that that meme go? Uh, I think
2: it, we're all gonna make it. It died. It, it, it died yeah, with yeah, the last yeah. full round You you didn't get an <laughs> invite to the funeral? Oh my god. <laughs> I just...
0: uh, yeah. Oh memes die um, so
1: quietly. Uh it's crazy. Right? Anyway, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think um I think GM is still is still strong, but I don't yeah, I don't know strong. how how yeah. longer how longer it has.
2: It's the the, the <laughs> meme that could.
0: <laughs> all right um well i think that uh, that's a wrap for for this week um super eventful uh, maybe we can take it easy next week we'll see <laughs> but uh, thanks everyone for for joining us Uh we'll you know uh, subscribe to our newsletter to our youtube channel um where we're tracking uh, everything that's that's happening with um Gary Gensler on his crusade against crypto and 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 other other news Uh, but yeah thanks again everyone Uh, thanks Alex and and Owen and uh, join us in in the next one
2: all right right. thanks all